Welcome to Beyond Sunday. We are so glad to have you. This week, we are talking about repentance. Pastor Chad is here for us, Jimmy Hello. and Roger. Um, and so this week, we're, we're going to talk about a very hard subject in repentance. Chad, you had to preach on this on Sunday. So Yes, I did. How did it go? Like, What was kind of your thought process in preparing for this sermon? Because it's a pretty heavy sermon, especially in our culture today. Yeah, the challenge with repentance in, in talking about it is we usually tie repentance straight to the time of salvation. I repented of my sin, I believed in Jesus, and now I'm all good. And, yeah. And uh, we find uh, in, in Psalm 51 with David, it's a lifestyle of repentance. It's something that uh, has to be a part of you all the time. I, I, I came across this quote somewhere else this morning, and uh, I wish I'd had it for Sunday. It said, the first step in becoming like Jesus is acknowledging how unlike Jesus mm -hmm. we are. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, and that's, that's powerful. That's the yeah, that was gold. Wow. Uh, yeah, the first step in becoming is we're talking about discipleship in our rooted mm. in our, uh, our rooted series, in our what series? Rhythms. 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 Rhythm series. Rhythms. <laughs> Close. In our rhythm series. Got it. Uh, that uh, repentance is one of those things that needs to be a part of our rhythm of our life, yeah. not just a moment here and there, but a regular part of us. And so discipleship is becoming more like Jesus. And repentance is realizing how far from Jesus we are, and that, so that's that's a great way to think about the whole thing of repentance and why it needs to be a rhythm of our life. Just a question I think that people ask when uh, kind of going through your sermon and listening to it, and the first one you do is forgiveness comes from recognizing God's greatness. The question I when I was listening to your sermon is what are daily practices you have in your life to keep God's greatness in front of you? Because I, I feel like sometimes we forget that it becomes peripheral to who we are and, and what we are. So, you know, Roger, what is something that you see as, as like keeping God's greatness in front of you daily? Um, you know, one of the things I think is uh, spending time daily in God's Word because mm -hmm. the whole Bible is a story of redemption um, and of mercy that we need and realizing that my need for that every day. So what, what are other ways that we keep God's great? Because I feel like a lot of times we, we kind of minimize God to my Sunday Wednesday experience or just a daily quiet time and once it's done we're out. So what does that look like for you Jimmy? Part of that is is kind of what you're saying is you got to you have to take time to recognize it to to look for it. A lot of times we don't we miss stuff because we're actually not looking for it. We're not paying attention to it. And so if it becomes top of mind like, you know, I, I need to practice understanding who God is because I think We've said it before, being in America, it's really easy just to kind of depend on yourself and you think, hey, everything's good, I've mm -hmm. got everything, but really every good and perfect gift, Scripture tells us, comes from above. And so what we have is because God has blessed us with that. And then also um, it's not something that we earned or we deserve. Mm -hmm. It's just something that he's chosen to give to us. And, and we all know that at any moment things could change, right? Phone call could change something. Uh, just life could change in a moment, but it's, so it's just kind of recognizing that and seeing, trying to see God in in all kinds of different things in your family, in nature, in your job. You know, just even in little things. I think if if you're looking for it, then you're going to start noticing it. Yeah. But like you said earlier, we just kind of get our blinders on. We go about our day, and you can go an entire day honestly and completely miss God. 
And I feel like, like Chad, you kind of talked about in the sermon, the common ways we recognize God's greatness when it comes to sin, we don't see God as this great creator. We, we kind of, oh, he sees certain sins as, as big and, and certain sins that aren't, but every sin keeps us from us. How do we kind of, what are common ways we don't recognize God's greatness when it comes to our sin? I think we miss God's greatness. Back to what Chad said earlier, that, you know, we, when we realize how much we're not like God. So when he said that quote, it made me think of on the golf course. You know, you, you think you're, a, you're pretty decent mm. until you get to someone who really knows what they're doing, and you're like, whoa, I have so far to go on my golf game or anything like that. When you get around someone who's good at something, you realize how not good you are at that. Yeah. And so um, not to say that you're comparing yourself to Jesus, but it's just like, okay, I see how great Jesus is, and I – and it, it just shines this bright light on all my deficiencies, and so I've got to remember that because of Christ and His righteousness, I I can be I word. can be made whole. But I I think again we tend to puff ourselves up way too much and miss that God is God is good and and we are not apart from Him. And I think you know part of society that we live in now uh, tells us that. Whatever we think or whatever we feel is legitimate, yeah. And so, we we forget to stop and compare ourselves to what God says is true and right, and the example that Jesus was for us. And um, so, a lot of times we just get caught up in what society is telling us, and not going back to Scripture and what uh, what it's telling us. And you kind of talk about that in your next point. Forgiveness comes from desiring life change. We're, we're kind of guilty of managing our sins and not really wanting life change. When, when you were talking about that point, Chad, of desiring life change, what does that look like for a believer that is dealing with a, a sin problem? We're, we're easily satisfied, I think, with uh, the, the good enough factor. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it gets down to me, I can say, well, I don't, I don't plan to be an Olympic athlete, so what I'm doing at the gym is good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, it's doing yeah. what I wanted to do. It's making my life work the way I want it to work. I, you know, I can go on a two-mile walk, and I don't have to go to the hospital after that, so that's my good enough. And we get into a Christian life thing of saying it's good enough. I'm, uh, I'm faithful at church for the most part. Mm -hmm. I read my Bible. We pray at meals, and that's, that's good enough. I don't want to... I don't want to be a fanatic. I don't want other people to think I'm a fanatic. And so uh, the good enough factor, everybody, everybody's got a line that they said, this is good enough for me. And to, to change, to become more like Christ, is to say, uh, I'm willing to do something different than I'm doing, more than I'm doing, other than I'm doing, in my disciplines, in my service, uh, in, in all areas of my Christian life. And you mentioned like kind of becoming a fanatic. That, that's what we, yeah. When I was listening to the sermon, we become fanatics of what other people shouldn't do, but not really focusing on following us, following Christ. You you mentioned that with that quote, incredible quote. It seems like the more we kind of seek to be like Christ, we become more of a I'm against this than following Christ. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to root out root out sin in the rest of the world, but yeah. not root out sin in me, and that is epidemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see it in uh, oh goodness, I mean, for the four of us, we're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of communication pieces every day from any number of ministries and everything, and mm -hmm. and they are very excited to 
you got to hate this, you got to be against this, you got to promote this, or you don't really love Jesus instead of, uh, I got to really love Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where that's the part that gets left out. And and I think part of that, too, is back to what Chad said earlier, was just the whole idea of what good enough. Well, it's good enough. So then you have to ask, okay, well, what's your, what is your, what are you measuring yourself against? Right. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I think instead of measuring ourselves against the righteousness of Christ and, and who he's called us to be, we, we're sort of comparing uh, to just others and say, well, I'm good enough here or I'm not like that or whatever. But it's it's like, so what's what's your standard? And so that's how, that's how come things can become okay in our lives. And, I'm, I'm, and I'll say me in particular, that's how things can become okay in my life because I've my standard is not Christ. My standard is how I'm looking according to the rest of the world. And according to a lot of the rest of the world, I can look pretty good yeah. you know, in some things uh, or I can justify some things in my life even though if if I compare myself to Christ, then it is sin, and it is it is against God and what He wants for me. And I think that you know, part of us, we want to find a place of comfort in our life, mm-hmm. and that includes all areas. And so we settle like, oh, this is good enough, or um, I'm comfortable with this, or it's not as bad as that person over there, like Jimmy was saying. Um, and so it we just become comfortable with stuff and not actually or repentant of anything. How do we as a community encourage life change with our, like, let's say a BFG, how do we come together and encourage each other to grow? What what would that look like uh, on a daily basis? Because sometimes we feel like it's judgmental. Like, I come to you, Roger, and say, hey, man, you know, there's some things in your life I just want to talk about. How do you approach that in, in in a small group environment and just in the church in general? Without sounding too judgy, I think it's finding someone else who has got it stirred. That same, this is a time I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to do well in my relationship to Christ. I, I can't just keep doing what I've always done. And if you have an accountability partner or a group of people who are all inclined the same direction, uh, it's tough to to break people out of a rut. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's tough. I think, too, you have to get – when you're talking about the things, repentance, about sin, I think, you know, we talk about being in a group, a Bible fellowship group, and that's good. But when you're getting into things like this, I don't think a lot of – a lot of sin is going to come out in that group. I think the group even has to get smaller. So yeah. like what Chad said, Good one, you know, two or three other – if it's men, men or ladies, two or three other ladies where you can be honest and you can be open and you can ask each other the hard questions. Um, and especially how our Bible studies are, are, are broken down. A lot of them are, are, you know, they have both male and female in there. And so that can be difficult to kind of talk about certain subjects. But I think yeah. when it comes to repentance, you, you want to – it needs to happen, and you need to have uh, people holding you accountable. But um, I think one of the things in our discipleship that we're trying to do and trying to help people to know is, you know, get even small. Like, who are two or three that you're meeting with, that you're reading God's word together with, that you're holding each other accountable, um, that you're encouraging those types of things. And that's key. Desiring life change is also being in community. Mm-hmm. You want life change. You you got to be in community because I, I feel like. Some things in my life go unchecked unless, you know, Jimmy, you'll come to me and say, hey, Chris, look at this, or you said this, you kind of dig in deep, and, and yeah. we have that, that checks that, that go on. You know, and uh, a lot of people just come to worship and say, oh, that's good enough. Yeah. But it's not until you get into those smaller groups, BFGs, that you find people that you can connect with 
on that more intimate level, like Jimmy was saying, smaller than a BFG. But unless you're in a BFG, you don't meet those people. And that, and that kind of comes to the forgiveness uh, Chad talks about in his sermon. Forgiveness comes from accepting responsibility of sin. For me, I have to check that because I will always, when I hear a sermon or a Bible study, I'm like, yeah, you know, some people even hear this repentance and are like, yeah, this, this, you know, our country needs to repent. I need to repent. It needs to be a personal repentance. And I think sometimes we don't take responsibility for our own sin. And, and in that, even in that statement I just made, I have anger towards other people that needs to go check. So forgiveness comes from accepting responsibility of sin. How do we get a place where we start seeing the sin in our own life, Chad? Like, you, you know, we talk about personal Bible study. How do we recognize sin in our own lives? I think uh, you have to ask God to give it to you. We're such justifiers and rationalizers mm-hmm. when it comes to just about everything about human behavior personal human behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, sometimes it takes a big jolt and sometimes it takes a steady discipline yeah. of constantly putting yourself before the Lord and His Word and just measuring out where you're coming up short in, in, in that comparison. Uh, it's, it's, it's rough. You know, I love David, he just, when Nathan mm-hmm. confronted David in Psalm 51, in the context of Psalm 51. Uh, David didn't do any justifying. He didn't do any. Well, yeah, but see, it's kind of Bathsheba's fault. She kind of she ought to own some of the fault for this because uh, he just said it's it's just against God that mm-hmm. I've sinned, and that's a key part. Is we do love to blame <laughs> everybody else, you know, in a, in a marital situation. You know, no, no, it's your fault that I did this, or it's your fault that this mm-hmm. is wrong. Uh, it's the same thing always. We're always pointing the finger in other places. Uh, it's you know my my parents' fault for how they raised me, or it's mm-hmm. we always we always want to justify and rationalize. But when it comes down to it, David just said, "Against you and you only, I've sinned." And it's just God. This is just a me and you thing, and that's where it's going to get made right. Is when it becomes a me and God thing. Yeah, I think too. You know, ask God, and then I, I, part of that too. If you get you get back into this community and accountability group. Part of it is having other people ask you, or you asking other people, "Hey, where do you see this in me?" Mm-hmm. You know how? Because I think again, they're blind spots because they're blind to us, mm-hmm. but they're not blind to everyone else. And so other people can see things in us, and 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 you know sometimes that's that's a hard question to ask. Is you know where where do you see a deficiency in me, and um, or where do you see that I'm not living up to the way that God has called me to do that? And so those are. Again, hard conversations, and you need to have those with people that you trust and people who love you and and want what's best for you. But some of that has to come from that because, again, it's if you live in isolation, it's easy. To, or I say isolation, but if you're not doing those things, it's easy to kind of just cover up what you're doing and not think about it and just look at the rest of the world and say how bad the world is and look how good I am. Well, in isolation, like you said, I, isolation we think of as someone at home sitting on a computer and not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. But it can be going to, to worship, and you sneak in, mm-hmm. you listen, and you go. You're, you're just consuming. You can sit in a BFG and be isolated because you're just consuming um, parts of, of a talk, and you're not really applying it. it. That's the difference between a biblical community and just going to a concert. You're participating and what God is doing, and so I, I, I love that. And, and we kind of come into uh, Chad's uh, point of forgiveness comes from seeing 
the depths of sin. And, and this is part of his sermon, um, pulling it from his sermon. He says, freedom from sin will not come to our lives, our church, or our land until we come to see the depths of sin and desire to address it and conquer it wherever it is found, in or around us. It is destroying lives and families, and we need to take it seriously wherever it resides. That, that's a very powerful statement of the depths of sin. How do we not recognize the depths of sin in our own lives? Like the simple sins are the depths of sins, the, the rooted um, sins of our lives. And, and so the question is, how do I get to a place where I start to see my personal sins and how deeply rooted they are in me? I think a lot of that comes around just to recognizing uh, we, we so minimize sin's damage to our life. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. every sin distances us from God and quiets His voice into our lives. And so every time we sin, they, we create a greater distance between mm-hmm. us and, and that closeness of fellowship with the Lord. And one day you, you wake up and you realize, I'm so far from God, I can't even – I don't hear Him. And we think it's God's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not God's <laughs> fault. Lord. I lay that all at our own feet. Yeah. And, uh, but recognizing how serious sin is, sin took Jesus to the cross, and mm. I, I have several different symbolic things just around my office to remind me this is this is what sin costs. It costs everything that took place in the crucifixion, and if it's that serious, I really want to I really want to bring that kind of shame on the cross of Christ. Mm. But even the smallest of things that I would do, and I have to remind myself constantly of that because otherwise you see it in the routine, you're rolling yeah. through. It's not really tripping me up in any kind of big way. It's not like I'm falling on my face or getting arrested or anything. So I'm probably okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to find out we, we've dug a deep hole that uh, is getting deeper. I think, too, when we think of sin, we're, we're at least for me, I, I get all – get kind of caught up in all the things that I shouldn't be doing uh, and forget about all the things that I should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I, I said this the last Sunday I preached. I said, you know, I know the tension probably out there for some people is why are, why are we talking about prayer again? Why are we talking about reading your Bible again? Why are we talking about all these things? We know, we know, we know, but it's like, okay, you know, but how, how are we doing? Are, yeah. we, are we doing them? Are we really – I mean, are we, and and we all have room to grow, right? We all have next steps, and in, in all of these areas, and so I think part of that is uh, it goes right back to the thing we said at the beginning: good enough, right? And so I, I think we, we I don't want to I I know I don't want to, and I don't want us all to miss. Hey, yes, the sins that we need to stop doing, but also there's sin is also not doing what God wanted you to do too, what He's called you to do. I think one of the things about about Sin is that you could do a lot of stuff really well for the Lord, and, and you forget about mm. the, the sin part. So, well, but look, I'm doing this for God, and mm-hmm. other people aren't doing this, and this is a big deal, and it counts for a lot more than. And we're carrying around so much sin under the hood, mm-hmm. hidden away that He's taking all the spiritual power out of what could be that really wow. good something that we're doing. And sometimes we we do take our the good things I'm doing, the obedience things, the things right. that are way beyond what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. and we can we can drag in our wake a lot of darkness. That's true. That's people get people get prideful about that one thing that they're really doing well, and that's great. Keep doing that, but mm-hmm. 
you know, there's so much more that God wants us to do and so many other areas that we need to be faithful in as well. You know, one of the things I think uh, for me is I let a, let a lot of noise into my life. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I go home, I turn on the TV because I don't want it to be silent. Mm-hmm. But we fill our lives with all kinds of noises that drowns out God's still small voice, and we don't take time to reflect um, because we don't want to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I think it it takes some effort to get to that place to where we're honest with ourselves before God. And we see success as as everything's going well. You know, we've seen that with a lot of pastors that just recently in churches, they're very successful, but there's a lot of sin. And it's kind of like what Chad was saying with David, Psalm 51. It doesn't matter about that success. You're not right before God. And and when the time comes, that repentance, I love it because David just clearly says, I'm not right with God. It's not about anybody. It's just, man, I have sinned before God. And I think for repentance, we don't really get there. So kind of, you know, Chad said uh, the the final point is he goes, forgiveness comes from believing God's plan. And he, he quotes First uh, John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I know everyone listening to this podcast has heard the sermon. If you haven't, go back and listen to the sermon. But we're dealing in, in God's working in our hearts, Chad. So how do we – what is a step – to if we're dealing with a sin that's costing other people, or it's it's a pretty it, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us something. How do we approach that? Do we come talk to you? Like, what are those steps that someone needs to do that it, it's affecting other people as well? Yeah, and all, and that's a great way to say, it, Chris. Often it is it is steps, and it's different depending on what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I came across this illustration that uh, if you're walking down the road. And you say, I am going in the absolute wrong direction. You can spin on your heel and you're going the right direction now. If you're riding a bicycle and you say, and you're cruising along a pretty good clip and you say, I got to turn around, it's going to, you can turn around and it won't take you forever, but it's going to take a little more effort. It's going to take more, uh, a little more of a plan or, or you end up crashing uh, and making a mess of yourself. If you're in a car, it's more complicated. Mm-hmm. If you're going the wrong direction, you got to pull off to the side. You got to turn around. You got to back out. You may have to take an alternate route to get back to where you want to be. But if you're drive, if you're if what you're piloting is an aircraft carrier, it's going to take you miles. Yeah. To turn that thing around, mm-hmm. and and so it depends on what the sin is, and and there's there's sins that are just the easy, okay. I know I should, oh, that is stupid. I don't need to do that anymore. And then the, the besetting sins, the things that just have they have their claws in you, mm-hmm. they're, they're sins people battle for their whole lives. And uh, all of us have probably have something that mm-hmm. this is the one that it's just going to come back to haunt me over and over again, and I'm going to have to fight it over and over again. And uh, it's going to take a whole lot more effort. And that's where, like Jimmy said, that, that's when you're going to need some other people in your life. You're going to need mm-hmm. maybe talk to a Christian counselor to get you some different tools in your tool belt. Uh, but uh depends on what you're dealing with. And you have to deal with the things that involve, I just got to spin on my heels, the things that yeah. I got to turn this bicycle around, and the aircraft carrier things that this is going to be, this is going to be rough and it's going to cost me something. And I'm going to have to really change my whole way I do life. 
And that one, that's the yeah, that's the one where you're going to need a lot of extra help, and it, it won't happen in a moment. Yeah, and, yeah. and sin thrives in isolation, right? That's mm-hmm. what Chad just said. And if you, there are things where you're just going to need help. People are going to you're going to need people asking the tough questions, keeping you accountable, encouraging you, helping you, giving you resource, just a lot of different stuff. And so, um, but yes, we have to. Uh, you have to you have to be willing to let why I call I've read it called widen the circle a little bit sometimes with certain things mm. because it's just bigger than you and and that's and it's okay that it's bigger than you but you don't want to just leave it there you have to otherwise I was looking back on the notes here where it says does sin lead to destruction unchecked and yeah if your sin goes unchecked it's gonna it'll hurt you even even if it's in isolation it's gonna end up hurting you but it's also gonna affect others and. And it'll affect how you deal with others, and and ultimately, and number one, it's going to affect your relationship with God. Again, creating that distance and lack of intimacy with God, to where, like Chad said earlier, you're far from Him, but it had nothing to do with Him. It was us running from Him. And that's a you know you talk about isolation. I think that's where a lot of people sit in isolation. That's why I love this topic of repentance because I think a lot of people are isolated right now because they're like, if you knew what I'm doing, if you knew what I had done. You wouldn't want to talk to me, and, and they feel that that false sense of if I show up to church and I'm with around people, I'm in community, but they're not really laying that burden down. I mean, that's what First John one nine says: if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins. Like God's going to forgive those sins, and we as a church, we want to come around and, and love on you. And, and so, Roger, what does that look like for a church to come around and love on somebody that's that? Through this sermon, through this podcast, through these – on Wednesday night we talk about repentance. How do we come alongside someone and love them? Because we have people that we know are going to come forward and struggling with the sin they've they've dealt with for a long time. You know, and I think that's where the being in community with people is going to help um, because it's not something that we're going to ask you to come down to the front of the church <laughs> yeah. and tell everybody. Um, but um, we know those things that are weighting us down until we're ready to admit we need help with it. We're not going to get to that point. I think one of the things to remember, too, is whatever the sin is, you're not the only one. I think yeah. a lot of people think, well, I'm the only one that struggles with this, or I'm the only one that has ever thought this, or I'm the only – and, you know, you'd be surprised um, that once, once, it's, once you say it to someone, then – you just start to hear more and more about, okay, that was me too, that was me too, we went through that, we struggle with that, or I, I've dealt with that. And so I, I don't want anyone ever to think, well, I'm the only one on this on this earth. <laughs> Say it this way, you're not that special. Um, everyone, everyone, you know, other people are struggling with what yeah. you struggled with. And, and so um, I, I don't. I don't want people to think that, like, okay, like if they hear this, they're going to freak out or whatever. It's, it's about someone who, you know, a community coming along, someone helping someone. And the other part is like, who is that in your life? Because you kind of have to ask your question. Mm. Are my, most of my relationships surface level, you know, or maybe about a foot deep? And a lot of them will be. But who are the one or two or three people that you say, you know, we go, you know, I can take a deep dive with them, and and they know me, they know I know them, and we we talk about hard stuff. And again, that doesn't need to be a bunch of people. It's one or two or three trusted friends, but you got to ask yourself: Do I have those people who I can ask hard questions, or they can ask me hard questions? Yeah, and one of the questions that we get a lot about repentance is: When I struggle with a particular sin, after repentance, am I going to be healed from it? And Chad kind of covered that with there are besetting sins that you struggle with, like an alcoholic. I have a friend that that is was an alcoholic in college, 
he is always going to struggle with that and and he needs support with that there isn't a magic pill is there that once you repent it's just the sin is gone i mean is there does anybody know that secret jimmy you know that secret i don't know that secret i mean i know that there are people who've prayed for things to be yeah. taken away and they are and uh, yeah. miraculously they, they don't have a craving or they don't desire it anymore yeah. or they've turned from it and god works that way and i know that there are people who you know who daily have to you know it is a temptation or whatever this sin is or whatever it is it's something that they deal with like chad said just on an ongoing basis and so they have to be careful they have to be wise about situations they put themselves in people they surround themselves with and so it's there's there's both but it's it's just it's but i always go back to scripture that god is going to give you what you need today right his mm-hmm. faithfulness is is today for what you need and and um so yeah, it's it's repentance, and sometimes it's like that sin is no longer an issue, but other times that sin will continue to be an issue, and you just need to make sure you don't give it a foothold in your life. So Jimmy, what would like? Um, you're kind of our resident counselor. You you always counsel me, so he helps me through a lot. But what would you say to somebody that's dealing with you know alcoholism, pornography, uh, just those sins that that they keep on popping up? What what would you say like resources or is there programs or what would you encourage someone if they came to you with that? Um, I would say you need to get it out in the open. That's the first thing you got to tell someone because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times that's that's like. I mean, it doesn't fix it, but at least you're not by yourself and struggling with that, and get it out in the open. And then I, you know, tell someone. And then I would say get help because obviously, if you could have stopped this, you would have. You know, because a lot of people, it's not like they want to keep doing bad things or they want to keep doing something that they know that's hurting themselves yeah. or, or they don't. It's not that they, you know, they're glad they're addicted. And so it's like I said earlier, widening your circle, whether that's going to, you know, one of us, your pastors, and uh, and then we can help you get, you know, we can be on your team, but then also get you connected with a counselor who can help you, uh, who can have way more resources. I mean, we all have books that we can recommend uh, for different different things, but I think the, the number one thing that you need to do is obviously get that out in the open. And it's sort of confessing, you know, I've got this issue and I need to. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've said, you know, I'm struggling with this. And I said, besides me, who have you told? Uh, because they know if they tell me, I'm not going to tell anyone, right? Yeah. And they're well, nobody. And I said, well, you got to you got to tell someone who can who can be there and help you and keep you accountable and pray for you, encourage you. And then, so it's that's that's a that's a huge first step is is to kind of, I know that I don't want to sound too twelve steppy, but it's definitely you know that you have you have an issue, and that's why you're telling. That's why you're coming to one of us anyway, because you know it's you know it's a struggle, you know it's hard, and so but you've got to get that out in the open so people can help you and encourage you in that. that go ahead. I think um, you know sometimes we tend to avoid those things because we try to get churchy on it and go, oh, that's just my thorn in the flesh that I've got to deal with, and God's not going to take it away. It's just always going to be there, and we just leave it at that yeah. instead of trying to seek out other solutions like Jimmy was talking about. And that's what I love about our church, the invitation. And it is an invitation. We're inviting them to make a decision. You know, that, that uh, I think a lot of people think it's a forced or it, it's an invitation to be a part of what God is doing. And the invitation we have is come talk to us at the end of the service in the back. These conversations aren't a two-second conversation. It's like, oh, I'm, it's done. You know, it, it, there's long conversations. we got to get, you know, meetings and, and everything. And that's what people don't understand is it's not just a quick little invitation. That's what invitation is. It lasts, I mean, it could last years. It's, it's very interesting that people don't, you know, understand that when we have an invitation at church, it 
Chad walks with people for years after that decision because they're working through something in their life. So anything y'all want to add about repentance, Chad, to kind of close out your sermon? Or That quote was beautiful. Gosh, dog, I wish we could go. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just the the freedom that comes with it. We think it, we always somehow we always think that God's gifts are going to be a burden to us. Mm. There's just something else I have to do, something else I have to work on. Yeah. Instead of uh, being free to really be who God's created you to be, and it lifts the burden and it lightens the load and it gives direction for today. That's a and, great word. And that's what uh, don't don't be afraid to go to a God who forgives. Yeah. Mm. That's a good word personal question because we want to get to know the ministers better. What book are you currently reading? Now, I know Chad finished up a book on pirates, which was very fascinating. So what book are you currently reading? I just started it today. It's called Are You Really – I needed to look up the uh, author. <laughs> I have name. to do that too. I'm sorry. Are terrible. You Really Okay? Uh, it's Her name is Deborah. I don't even know how to say her last name, Follette or whatever. Anyway, I, someone I follow on Instagram and uh, – She's got a lot of great sound bites on Instagram and mm. some quotes and different things and resources she talks about believing, faith, and marriage and different things. But this book is, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're okay because, <laughs> you know, yeah. we've, got, we've got other stuff. So I, I just started that book, so I'm looking forward to Very seeing, cool. seeing what, uh, what's out there. Mine is a really exciting one right now. All right. And I've been putting it off. It's been on the corner of my desk. It's called uh, Is Everything Right in the Boardroom? Very nice. That is such a like administrative like pastor book. Wow. I told you it's very exciting. That's why it's been sitting there for a little while. All right. So you've gotten like th- past three pages of it, or uh, actually, I'm through the first chapter. So okay. I just started diving into it. Okay. Very cool, Pastor. What are you reading right now? Well, since I did finish my pirate book, Born to Be Hanged, which was awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a good good pastor book. Uh, I read. Uh, the Unsafe Christian, and then there was another mm. book that was along the same lines that someone recommended in a conversation, another, another pastor recommended, called The Other Half of Church, mm. which follows the same thing of uh, people in church but may not be in a relationship to Christ at all. And, and so those two things go on, so they're very spiritual now. That's I'm great. spiritual stuff. <laughs> and because I listen to this long pod, two-part podcast uh, oh, wow. on uh, – <laughs> the Art of Manliness site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I got this uh, literary backdrop on Lonesome Dove, and I am reading yes. the entire Lonesome Dove series, really? tearing through it. Uh, oh, wow. It's good at the gym. It's always some adventure they're on, so it keeps me from realizing how m- miserable I am at the gym. And, and that's, uh, that's sort of the win on Lonesome Dove. And you read it. You don't have an audible book. It is you're I'm, reading. I'm reading it. it like a human. I someone with the discipline and the <laughs> focus to take seriously the written word as with the word of God. That book would have sweat all over it and I would be bouncing up. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's amazing. So well gentlemen, thank you so much. I, I pray for the people listening to this. If you are dealing with something, you're seeking repentance, you you need like Chad said, a step of taking in the right direction. We have a lot of resources online. Go to our website, fbcallen.org slash rhythms. We have all the resources there. And then on the bottom right, there is a little chat box. Tap on that, fill it out. As a minister, we will reach out to you and connect with you. And we would love to walk alongside you and just encourage you and, and love on you. 